And to speak further as to how it can be unhealthy online, I do want to let people know that as we record, it is National No Pants Day, yes. and there are some <laughs> photos of me in my turquoise boxers. Oh, boy. That's not going to help anybody. If anything, it might make some ladies say, well, thank God I'm alone. <laughs> thank God that's not waiting for me at home. Hello there, and welcome to episode 49 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney, of course, is a professional licensed therapist in the mental health realm, and I am a longtime patient who has had all manner of issues, including the one that we are going to talk about this morning. We have a new epidemic, Courtney, apparently. Mm -hmm. It is loneliness. Two in three Americans feel more alone than ever before, many admitting to crying for the first time in years. That would be 67% by the way, saying they feel more alone than ever before. 55% feel like they've completely lost their sense of community over the last year. And 54%, and this is where we really get concerned, Mm -hmm. add they withheld from talking to anyone about how alone they have felt during the lockdown, the quarantine, and the pandemic. And of course, the whole reason behind this podcast is to get people talking, Mm -hmm. to get people into the office of a licensed mental health therapist to address these issues. Right. Loneliness is already a problem, but over the past year, it's gotten even worse because we've been away from each other with social distancing. We've been encouraged to not be near other people. And for some people, it's very hard to reach out in other ways. They're more comfortable face-to-face, and they're used to seeing people, hanging out with people all the time. So without that, I can imagine that there were people who were actually afraid to acknowledge this and talk to other people about how they were feeling. And that's part of the problem. If you withdraw and if you choose not to talk to mm-hmm. people about this, you're going to feel even more lonely. Right. I mean, yeah. get that conversation going. And I think what may surprise you is to hear from other people, yeah, you know what? I feel exactly the same yeah. way. And that in and of itself will make you feel better. The one thing that I can say about this whole experience with the lockdown, the quarantine, and the loneliness, I am a recluse by nature. Mm-hmm. I'm very introverted. I have done fairly well as it pertains to all of this, but that doesn't mean that I've never been hit with loneliness. And I will never forget the feeling of worthlessness. This was shortly after I became divorced. I had my heart broken a couple of times after that. I remember spending weekends at home when I had been so conditioned to have somebody around. I had been with the same girl for 15 years. I remember thinking in the middle of a Saturday night as I sat on my couch alone, you know, I could die in this house this weekend and nobody would know until I didn't show up to work on Monday. And I just remember how unbelievable unbelievably sad, profoundly sad, that made me feel. It made me feel like nobody loved me. And I thought, well, maybe I don't deserve to have anybody love me. Mm -hmm. You start getting inside your own head about that stuff. You can really do some damage. And that's why it is so important for people to reach out here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to understand that we all go through some of those periods of time where we do feel so lonely and we feel disconnected. And so I think even talking about it kind of validates that for people and normalizes it, especially with everything that's going on with the pandemic. And now that we're starting to try to reconnect more, it's important to speak your truth. And if you're feeling that way, to reach out to supports and reconnect. But yeah, Brian, it is really profound in what you went through. Even disclosing that, I think, is helpful for people to hear so that they understand that a lot of people go through that. Naturally, when people fell into this rut over the course of the last year plus, they thought, well, one way to combat this is to try to do it online and try Mm -hmm. to do it on social media. 
And while that's better than nothing, we also know how unhealthy that can get mm-hmm. at times. And sometimes I think that can almost make it worse because one thing that you don't see as commonly as you do other things on social media is healthy exchanges. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of unhealthy stuff that goes on there. So sometimes I wonder if that almost throws gasoline on the fire. And how many times have we talked about this where you start going onto all of these pages, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and everything else, mm-hmm. and you start saying to yourself, here I am all alone, look how much better everybody else's mm-hmm. life is compared to mine, when in reality, you're seeing the best version of them. Right. You have to be very careful when connecting online. There's great reasons to, and you can connect with old friends, and you can have those conversations, you can FaceTime, there's all sorts of great stuff, but you are right. There is also a lot of comparison going on, and we show our best selves on there, and it looks like we're all having fun all the time, and we have all these people around us and doing great things, but that's not always the reality. So it is good to temper that when you're not feeling well. Sometimes going online and scrolling through the pages is not the best thing to do. Now, with that said, though, I like to also mention there's a lot of great Facebook groups that Mm -hmm. people have started for depression, for PTSD, for more connection. So that's a great thing to look into. And also, I found a site online that I really love. It's called sevencups.com. It's the number seven, cups.com. And they have a great online community to connect people. They have free supports that you can talk to, just get some emotional support. They do have therapy on there, but they have tons of free resources. So it's just another one of the great examples that you can connect online. You can get the help that you need just to start out. Sometimes it's hard to think about picking up the phone and calling people you haven't talked to in a while and doing some of that. Sometimes it's easier just to start out going online, going to a website, reading some articles, connecting with people in that way. And to speak further as to how it can be unhealthy online, I do want to let people know that as we record, it is National No Pants Day, and there are some (laughs) photos of me in my turquoise boxers. Oh, boy. That's not going to help anybody. If anything, it might make some ladies say, well, thank God I'm alone. (laughs) Thank God that's not waiting for me at home. I do what I can, Courtney. He loves to celebrate all the holidays, and he's like, oh, No Pants Day? I said, no, Brian, no, no. (laughs) You you just can't help yourself. Brian, National Please Don't Day. (laughs) Please don't, Brian. But in loneliness, I think this is so interesting. I was watching a video. Basically, it was about addiction and how addiction, the opposite of addiction, is not sobriety. It's connection. So a lot of people, when they're feeling lonely, feeling depressed, they have made a connection with some things like alcohol or drugs to feel better. And it's a relationship. It's a dysfunctional one. But it is a way of people finding connection. So a lot of times when people are lonely, it's like you need that connection. You need healthy ways to connect. And when I was watching this video, they talked about how our society is moving into more of, we have bigger houses than we'd ever have, bigger spaces for ourselves, but we have smaller communities. We are not connecting with people the way we used to. It used to be that you knew your kids running down the street, the neighbors were going to keep an eye on them, you'd talk to them later, everybody pop in on each other. You'd have more of that connection with your village, but now there's less of that, so I think it's breeding more loneliness. Two things. Here's where you make an excellent point, because when you mention the alcohol connection there, Mm -hmm. I specifically remember having been alone on those weekends and what would be a way to self-medicate and Mm -hmm. to pass the time. You find yourself starting to drink alone. Mm. That is a slippery slope. That is a path that you don't want to go down too often. And that was something where I really needed a wake-up call to say, this is not the way to make any of this better. This is not the friend that I want. I'm better off alone Mm -hmm. than with Jim Beam or Jack Daniels. And the other thing in terms of the community, if you 
have not seen this, and I know you probably have, there is an excellent bit comedically Mm -hmm. about this. Sebastian Maniscalco talking about how company (laughs) is viewed differently these days versus how it was 20, 30 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. 20, 30 years ago, mom would buy an Entenmann's, and that's not for you, that's just in case we have company. Just in case somebody drops by. And the doorbell would ring, and everyone would get excited, and oh my God, this person is coming to visit, and they're coming in, and here's some coffee, and here's this and that. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2021. What the hell is going on? Get behind the couch! Like, everyone is hiding. Maybe they didn't see us. Be real quiet, kids. And I think that is a byproduct about the unhealthy things about Mm -hmm. how we're almost exposed to each other too much now because Mm -hmm. of the technology. And at times, we almost feel like we need more time alone. Mm -hmm. But then, what happens is, something like a pandemic, and we've been so conditioned to do that, we think we're going to be okay. But when you take out all of the ancillary stuff in addition to that. Wow. That can really be a problem from a mental health perspective. And we have to look at the quality of our relationships. It used to be that somebody you knew they were in your corner. You could say, okay, all these people, I've got their back, they've got mine. But when we deal with some of these relationships that are a little more surface, that are online, it's like, yeah, you have all these Facebook friends, but who would really be there that you could count on? And usually you say on one hand, that's what I'll tell my clients, one hand you can count on the people that would be there for you. And never mind technology and social media playing a part in all of this. I would even just say the regular news media. Mm -hmm. Every day when you're turning the TV on and seeing how divided we are as a nation, how much we disagree with each other, I think subconsciously it makes you want to just walk into your house, shut your door, Mm -hmm. hit the deadbolt and put your keys in the toilet and flush because you're just like, I don't want to be a part of this giant mess that society Mm -hmm. has become. Some of that is factual. Some of it is created either Mm -hmm. for political reasons, for ratings, for web clicks and things like that. And I think we need to do a better job of realizing what these motivations are for some of these things. Exactly. And I think we need to think for ourselves and say, hey, talk to someone and say, I know we don't have the same views on things, but hey, let's just talk about these other things. Or let me learn from you. Let me open my mind. We can agree to disagree, but maybe some of the points that you say are valid. And we can have that connection instead of just saying, forget it. They're not on my page. I'm closing the door to that. Because the thing is, we need each other. Now, I tell people too, some people need a million friends. Some people just need a couple, but we need something. We need some kind of social connection. We're social beings. And so we have to feed that. That's a value that's really important to us. So if we shut ourselves down in the immediate, you might feel better like, oh, such relief. I don't have to deal with people. But in the long term, you don't feel like anybody has your back and you don't have that support. Years ago, it was all about a search for common ground. What do we have in common Mm -hmm. so we can become friends? Now it's, okay, what makes us different so we can fight about Mm -hmm. it? And I think that is a big problem. And I think leadership in government has kind of set the tone for that. Mm -hmm. You think about years past, decades past, if you're old enough to remember this, when Ronald Reagan was president and Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House, I believe I brought this up before, they did not agree on anything politically, Mm -hmm. but they were great friends and they would go and have a beer together from time to time. Could you picture that in this political climate? (laughs) AOC hitting a bar with Donald Trump? (laughs) That's not going to happen in a zillion years. Mm -hmm. I know. It doesn't that 
blow your mind, but that's such a fresh perspective. It's like, oh my gosh, that we can, we can sit down and we don't have to be like, oh, well, you don't agree with me on A, B, and C. That is really, I think that's part of our loneliness. And we have to think about it too. When you feel lonely, it's like, what is driving that? So that maybe you can figure out how you can make some changes. Is it that you need more friends? You need a deeper connection with the people that you are with. Do you feel that nobody relates to you? Do you need to find a community of people who have the same values as you? It's really thinking about that. And to prove that this can work in the modern day, I'm going all the way back to the 80s with Tip Mm -hmm. O'Neill and Reagan. I believe it was on the Supreme Court Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg who politically could not have been more polar opposites, Mm -hmm. but were the best of friends. And what about Madeline and Carvin? That marriage. That blows my mind. How they are married and they are just completely, they're so polar opposite. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. It's one thing to be a friend, but to live in the house and be married, that's amazing. But to be able to try to find that common ground Mm -hmm. and avoid those landmines as opposed to seeking those landmines out. And I do think we've become conditioned, or a lot of people have been, to look for that fight. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think people almost now have been conditioned to feel as if that empowers them, that puts them in control. Mm -hmm. It's all about me having to be right and you having to be wrong. We've run into this in the pandemic too. That person who will not wear a mask into the grocery store and, oh, come up to me, come up to me and say something Mm -hmm. so I can get in your face and throw gasoline on that fire too. I almost think that people almost feel like it's a betrayal to their own views if they are with someone who doesn't believe the way they do. Like, I don't know where that came from, but instead of having... I think it comes from everything we're talking about. The social media, the way that the media is playing this stuff Mm -hmm. and following the lead of our quote-unquote leaders Mm -hmm. who are showing us that this is how they behave. You really do feel like you have to pick a side. I recently did another podcast where we were having a conversation about some of the things that I like, and we were talking about Van Halen. Mm -hmm. And the first question was, well, are you a David Lee Roth guy or a Sammy Hagar guy? And I'm like, well, why can't you be both? Because I kind of am. And then we were talking about the Patriots. Well, are you on Brady's side or on Belichick's side? I'm like, wow, (laughs) this has permeated everything. Like, I can't be both with that, too. You know, you have to be either this or that. It's all about black Mm -hmm. and white. And as we always say, the world needs to be more about the grace. Yeah, absolutely. Really kind of opening your mind and looking at it differently. The thing about loneliness, there's so many issues from that. You can have chronic illnesses from it, depression, with addiction. There's memory issues. They've been doing studies on that. Susceptibility to dementia. Like there's so many things and actually a reduction in lifespan too. There's so many issues with loneliness. And if it feels like overwhelming, just like we talk about sitting with a therapist or going to a group therapy, that kind of thing can be very helpful too. Something that is just so valid that you need that support around, but sometimes you just don't know where to go with that. Maybe you're afraid to step out and try to talk to other people and make friends. And you just need to have some of that guidance and have that space for someone to hear and validate this and help you with a plan as far as getting more connected. And I think the big picture point that we're making in all of this as we talk about not finding the common ground and digging your heels in on things, if you are lonely, you find yourself getting depressed, Mm -hmm. maybe the first question you need to ask yourself is, am I contributing to this in Mm -hmm. some way? Am I my own worst enemy? That doesn't just apply to loneliness. That applies to so many things across the spectrum when it comes to your mental health. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing that we want to do most of the time is admit that we might be the problem. Some people are just like, well, that's the way I am. I know you get that a lot of times. (laughs) I say what's on my mind. If people don't (laughs) like it, well, then they can go screw. Well, you know what? They're probably going to go screw and then you're going to be all alone. (laughs) And then you start asking yourself, what's wrong with them? Right. What is their problem?
problem as opposed to what am I doing to cause this? Right, right, exactly. Being introspective and saying, hmm, is there something I can do differently? Are there certain thoughts that I have that pop up that I shouldn't be playing into? It would be more healthy for me to challenge some of those thoughts. Sometimes people get very frustrated and say, that's it. Everybody's like this, so I'm not even going to bother to get close to people. But really trying to work with that and not having that black and white thinking and saying, hey, not everyone acts like some of the experiences that you've had. Our brain is looking for patterns. So if we have certain ideas in our head and certain beliefs, we tend to filter out the things that don't follow our belief, that don't play into it. But we really focus on the things that say, hey, look, see, I told you evidence for that right there. I was right. And we <laughs> and we don't notice the other stuff. And it happens all the time. If something happens first thing in the morning, which just happened to you today, <laughs> if something happens first thing in the morning, people tend to say, well, it's going to be a bad day now. Oh, all these other it has been get- a bad day. Itself. But all these, <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun today, too. You took yeah. your pants off. So, uh, <laughs> so it was no pants day. Which begs but, the question, was that a lot of fun for you? Well, it's like a heck of a lot of fun for you, Brian. Uh, but these are the things. Sometimes what our brain does, it'll just like we talk about the negativity bias, it'll keep sticking on those points and it won't see the rest of it. So we have to be flexible in that and say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe there was a couple people in my life who did A, B, and C. But let me really look at that. Maybe I've had some other good experiences. And maybe if I step out of the box and try to connect with somebody, I'll have more good experiences. And to speak further to that introspection, we talk about limit setting a lot of times Mm -hmm. and how that can be healthy. It can also be unhealthy. And an example that I can give you that bears repeating is when I was back out there after my divorce, when I was dating around every once in a while, I'd say, well, I'm not going to date a person who does this or who has this or that or the other thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the hard and fast rules that I had was I am not going to date anybody who is a single mom because if it doesn't work out, and again, that's the anxiety, that's the fortune telling. It doesn't work out. Not only will her heart be broken, mine will be broken, but if I'm attached to a kid, the kid's heart's going to be broken. I can't do that to a kid. So I'm going to shove that off of the Mm -hmm. table. Well, long story short, I ended up with a single mom Mm -hmm. who has a kid who is now my stepson. I'm in the happiest marriage I could ever possibly have been in. But if I stuck to my guns and said, no, I'm not going to do that, I refuse, where would I be? I would be sitting on that couch, as I said earlier, saying to myself, if I die right now, nobody's going to know until Monday. Mm -hmm. And obviously, nobody can love me. There are certain things that can be deal breakers Mm -hmm. when it comes to relationships. Sure, I get that. But you can't be absolute on all of them. You can't be that stubborn because if you are that close-minded, then you're going to end up as a shut-in. That's how close things are going to become for you. Right. Other people a lot of times too will say, well, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with the stress of this or that. We may be shutting out people who really need our help. So there's that too. I try to help people with limits and boundaries and that kind of thing. But sometimes we can have such limits that we are really isolating ourselves and not there for other people too. It's important that you look at that and get a little bit more flexibility. I'm really glad that you did at some point say, oh, maybe that hard and fast rule about not dating anyone with kids. Let me look at that. Maybe there's some things that I can do to ensure that we go slowly and we go in a healthy way. But and boy, did we ever. And yeah. that was the solution yeah. to that. And that's the thing. He did not even that. know I existed for the first six months. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to work around things. There wouldn't be any healthy reason for me to jump in after the first date. Let me meet your son. Right, no, of course right, not. Right. Let's make sure that we're on some pretty solid Mm -hmm. ground before we throw him into this. And I think to bring it full circle, Courtney, and it is the whole point of this podcast, there are some people who have black and white opinions about what therapy is and Mm -hmm. how they don't need it and how it's all a sham 
and it's a money-making scheme, and on and on and on, and you can give every excuse in the world when maybe the reality is you're afraid of it because you're more afraid of having to deal with what is actually, I don't want to say wrong with you, but what could be corrected. You don't want to have to face those demons, and you don't, speaking to everything else that we've been talking about, want to admit that the way you are proceeding might be the wrong way, and you could use somebody to open your eyes as to what the right way is Mm -hmm. and see the light. Right, and we'll go slowly. (laughs) Right, just like you do with the kid. Right, it's like we'll go slowly, you come in, we talk about it, and just talk about some of the things in your life that may not be going the way that you want it to go. And again, we talk about this with control. We can't control other people, we can't control a lot of situations, but we can work on ourselves. And we Nobody can can force me to keep my pants up, (laughs) okay? Certainly not. I really have tried, but no, he won. He really did win and posted it all over social media as we talk about that. who took the photo there, my friend? (laughs) I said, okay, fine, Brian. Yeah, really, really important that if you are struggling with this, to sit with someone and to figure out some solutions. One of the things is thinking about having more quality relationships. Maybe you need more out of the relationships that you do have. You need to be more honest and have that back and forth and you'll feel more connected. Maybe it's about connecting to your community. Maybe it's just about having your feelings validated. I read an article about when we distance ourselves from other people, we're lonely for others, but we're also lonely for ourselves. There's certain things and certain things that come out of us, out of our social self. And sometimes we miss that when we're not around other people. There's a whole nother element going on with us. So it's important to figure out where this is coming from. And definitely therapy can help with that. And I think a really important thing that we need to say as we close here, too, is this isn't just about not being alone Mm -hmm. in that if you find yourself in an unhealthy relationship, Mm -hmm. it is not better to be with that person, especially if it is abusive. It is better to be alone Mm -hmm. because that will give you a fresh start. It will give you a new perspective. It might put you on the path to a much healthier relationship. As a matter of fact, I can almost guarantee it. But I think there are people, and you hear it all the time, who stay in horrible relationships for fear of being alone. Mm -hmm. And being alone is not always the worst thing. Being alone doesn't have to be lonely. A lot of times, too, you see that people get out of a long-term relationship and they do the rebound thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's healthy to be alone because that's what I needed to do coming off of a 15-year relationship. I had to discover again, rediscover who I was without that person. Mm. Because you almost have to redefine who you are and what you need. And if in the back of your head, you're still kind of addicted to that person, you're like, well, I need that person because Mm -hmm. that's the thing that makes me whole. No, what makes you whole as an individual? Don't always freak out when you are alone. And I have some friends who, you know that person, I want to be married by the time I'm this age. I want to be making this much money and Mm -hmm. setting all of these unreasonable goals. In many ways, you're defining yourself as a failure when in reality you aren't. It's just not the right time yet. And we don't set when the right time is. The universe does. And you made a great point too. In relationships, sometimes if you're lonely in a relationship, that can be just the loneliest that you feel Mm because you're with someone, but you still feel like there's a disconnect, especially when it's just a really unhealthy relationship. So there is work to be done with that. And I always want to mention lots of resources. If you're feeling you need connections and to get connected, we have great resources on our website at catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page up there. But yeah, absolutely. This is something that we just want to normalize and validate for people that this is going on, especially because of everything we've gone through, but the way society has been going. So I'm hoping that because of the pandemic and because we are shining a light on this, that people will start to talk about this more and get the help that they need around this. And to everyone who listens to this podcast, you are never truly alone Mm -hmm. because you always have Courtney and Brian coping on the couch right along with you. And as a matter of fact, there is one
one half of this tandem who is inviting you to contact <laughs> <Yes>. her. <laughs> that would Absolutely. be this young lady over here. How can they do that, Courtney? Send emails to me. Brian's too busy with putting his pants back on. A lot of times <laughs> on socials, and this is true, people will be interacting on one of our group pages, yes. and Courtney will respond as me. As Brian. She has permission to I, do I that. I channel him now. <laughs> I even know how he speaks. I said, oh, okay. I, when I they say, this. Brian, why don't you have your pants on? I can't wait to see what your answer is going to be. <laughs> I'm going to think on that one. Uh, you can always send me an email, wellness at wctk.com. All right. We have that. And then, of course, we do have the podcast mm-hmm. on Spotify. We've resolved the Apple oh, podcast good. situation, okay. which is good news, Lipson. And speaking of those socials, at Cat Country Mornings and a number of spots, I'm Brian Mulhern, H-E-R-N, on a lot of individual pages. She is Courtney Kelly and Courtney Kelly Bedard on others. And we are very excited because it's a big week next week, my friend. Oh, Episode number 50 50 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Which means I've been here almost a year with you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. What, you mean you haven't been counting the days, huh? (laughs) You haven't been scratching them off like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Almost my year anniversary. She'd rather co-host this podcast with Wilson the Volleyball. (laughs) So until episode 50, know that you're loved, know Mm -hmm. that you're not alone, and we'll see you next week. Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. We'll see you then. Yeah. Hey.